It's episode 31 of Flying Podcast, and today I'm on my way to see Martin Hatton. Martin spends much of his time training flying instructors for Ravenair, who are based at uh, Liverpool John Lennon Airport and also at City Airport Manchester. I was interested to find out what it takes to become a flying instructor and uh, exactly what's involved in getting an instructor rating. So I'm uh, heading down to Barton to have a chat with Martin, and uh, let's hear what he has to say. Okay, hi Martin, how are you doing? Very well, thank you. Good. Uh, We're talking about uh, training to become a flying instructor. You actually train flying instructors at Ravenair. Why do people become flying instructors, would you say? A number of reasons. Um, A lot of people um, assume that flying instructors are doing it just to build their hours before going on to commercial jobs, and that is one reason, but not the only reason. Um, Some people, like myself, do it for a career, Mm -hmm. a career instructor. Uh, and uh, other people purely for the fun. Uh, they might have other jobs, maybe outside aviation, uh, but they become an instructor uh, for the job satisfaction and the uh, the fun of it. Okay, and of course you can fly for free. Absolutely. <laughs> Get paid for it as well. Uh, a tough question here, but what would you say are the qualities of a person that you know, make a good flying instructor? Enthusiasm. Yeah. Definitely need to have enthusiasm for what you're doing. Yeah. Um, it is infectious, isn't it? It is. It is. I mean, we've all had sort of teachers and instructors who um, might not sort of install that enthusiasm, and it affects your the mm. way you learn. Yeah. Um, so you've got to be passionate about it, and passionate about aviation, passionate about teaching, um, and a definite people person. If you, you know you're in a, in a close environment for for hours on end with people. Uh, you've really got to be able to get on with people. That's very important. Um, and patience, I would say, is a third one. Um, it, it's all well and good having students um, who are fantastic. You just need to show them once and they can do it. When we really sort of earn your crust is mm-hmm. when you, somebody is struggling. Yeah. Um, and you've, you've got to remember that we've all been there ourselves. We've all learned and had areas in the training which we've had difficulty with. So you've got to have the yeah. patience with people must be a bit frustrating at times. I know when I couldn't quite figure out how to land, it was taking me hours of flying to get the flare exactly right. It is, and that, that's the one area that people do take, take mm-hmm. the time in. Uh, but we've had an incident recently with a, with a student um, who absolutely passionate about doing it, and it was that last few feet, just couldn't mm-hmm. do it. Uh, so I said to the instructor, right, he's forgetting what he's doing this for. He's not enjoying it anymore, and he's, yeah. he's purely doing this to enjoy He's at a stage of life where he can now do what he's always wanted to do, mm-hmm. learn to fly. Get him out of the circuit, remind him what he's doing, take him navigating, take him landaways, do something. Yeah. Um, so they did that, got him back enjoying it again, then started introducing the circuit, and about a month ago he went solo. It so, is exactly right. I, mean, I, I yeah. was doing the same, I'm getting bogged down on your cloudy, rainy sort of afternoons it is. in Manchester, and my instructor took me up and went up through the clouds and on top for a, a few minutes, and that was it. Yeah. <laughs> Back enthused again. Exactly. That's the uh, the route to becoming a, a certified flying instructor. Well, what do you have to do? Well, the, the certified flying instructor, a bit of an American term. Um, what we have is uh, the flight instructor yeah. uh, restricted, or then the flight instructor unrestricted. Um, so, what you need to do uh, first of all is uh, you can normally people do it with a CPL, but you can actually become an instructor uh, with a PPL but you can't get paid okay. for it. 
Um, so the requirements are differ slightly depending whether you're a, a PPL or a, a CPL holder. Um, but if you're a CPL um, holder and you want to become an FI, uh, you've got to have had at least 30 hours on single-engine piston aeroplanes, which normally people in that situation mm -hmm. got a lot more than that. Yeah. Uh, five hours in the uh, the last six months, um, and then you do uh, what we call a pre-entry test, laid down by the CAA. So before you actually can start the instructor's course, you have a, a pre-entry test with uh, an FI course instructor, where we're looking at the, the suitability of a person to become an instructor. So we're not looking, are they an instructor, they've not done the course yet. Mm -hmm. uh, just looking at their technique and the suitability for it. So it's normally a bit of general handling, a few emergencies, a few, a few circuits, nothing too, too daunting. So what, quality of flying or just not being a bit erratic? Yes, it, it's the, the, the smoothness, the accuracy, because uh, what we've got... Because what the course is about is we're not teaching somebody to fly, we're teaching somebody to be an instructor. Mm -hmm. So if somebody can't fly the aeroplane to the required standard, yep. then there's no point yet becoming an, an, an instructor. So the, the idea of it, it used to be that if you had a PPL, you did this test. If you had a CPL, you didn't. But in, in a few years back, they decided everybody was going to do this, this pre-entry test. Uh, but then once you've got that um, all, all squared away and all done, then you can start on the, on the FI course itself. Okay. Uh, so you covered the uh, the prerequisites. What is actually involved in the course in terms of number of hours, ground school, flying, etc.? The there's 30 hours of actual flying in the air, and there's 125 hours of ground school. Uh, but don't let that put people off. It's not sort of listening to me whittling on for 125 <laughs> hours. You'd be pleased to know. Uh, it, it's broken down into tuitions, progress tests, and uh, teaching practices. There's a lot of lot of self study homework uh, on this course. Uh, well, as, as with any any flying course, really, um, the uh, the thirty hours in the air it takes up. Um, there's, there's two main elements really. Uh, a flight would normally consist of part of the flight uh, would be the uh, the student is learning how to teach a particular lesson, and then the second half or another the other part of the the, the flight is then they're having a go at teaching me. Mm -hmm. The lesson. So how, how it would normally work is, you, first of all, you need to do the briefings. So I would teach, say you're the FIC student, I would teach you a briefing for, say, exercise 6.1. Mm -hmm. You would then uh, give me the briefing for the previous lesson. Okay, so exercise 4.2. Don't worry about the numbers, as you probably yeah, yeah. know, they all go in funny, funny orders. So we then go into the air, uh, and then you will teach me what you've just briefed me on, and then I will teach you what I've just briefed you on. So we've got different hats to wear. Mm -hmm. Part of the uh, part of the lessons, you're an FIC student uh, learning. Other part of the lesson, you're acting the instructor, and I'm acting the the student or acting the fool, as some people might say. Because <laughs> part of my job is to to be different students on different days. Some days I might be a really quite a good student, which is a subtle mistake. You've got to pick up with the subtle mistakes. Uh, other days I'll be a little bit more of an awkward student yeah. because you know there's going to uh, all the students are going to be different. And that sort of process sort of goes through the, the whole of the course. Okay. And what sort of aircraft would you be flying on? Uh, we do it mainly in the PA-38 Tomahawk, uh, but we do do some in the, uh, in the Cherokee out of Liverpool as well. And at the end of all that, there's a skilled test is there with an examiner? There is. Um, there's, it's actually a little bit more than just a skilled test because as well as the actual flight, there's the ground elements as well. So you need to do... Uh, you spend a... Um, good part of the day with what we call an FIE, Flight Instructor Examiner, 
Um, so they will give you a pre-flight brief to do, so briefing for the particular exercise. So he'll give you that on the morning of the test, give you a little bit of time to prepare, uh, and they'll brief you, say, for climbing, descending, or whatever it might be. Mm -hmm. uh, so you've got to brief them on that, and then that will be the main bulk of the flight test. Uh, will then uh, be you teaching the examiner that particular exercise. There's also um, a lecture or long briefing because part of the ground school th through the course as well as, as well as the actual flying lessons is how do we construct and then um, present a lecture. Now that can be anything on the actual flight exercises, so a, a long briefing on stalling with all the aer aerodynamics involved or it could be something how thunderstorms are formed or different classes of airspace, anything from the PPL syllabus. Mm -hmm. And so you have to give a, uh, a presentation um, on, on, on anything. Are you pre-warned about this? Yes, uh, the examiners uh, will sort of give you a couple of days warning or some of them, if you sort of suggest, I'd like to do on this, some yeah. of them are quite amenable to, yeah. uh, to that. There's also then on the test a question and answer session where they can ask you basically questions on anything. Now, you can refer to documents because... You know, they're not expecting anybody to have everything up, you know, remembered. Um, so you are allowed to have the documents uh, available to you. And what they're really looking for is what is your level of knowledge? You know, they're not, because it's like with a lot of things, you learn a lot of it once you've got the job. Yeah. What they're looking for, have you reached a level of knowledge which allows you to go out there mm -hmm. and start teaching people to fly and really start learning things? And that's what they're looking for. So there will be a point where your answer will be, don't know yeah. and that's that's not a major problem as long as you've managed to get mm -hmm. far enough until you yeah. to reach that point and that's what they're looking at okay cool and roughly not just your own costs but in general how much would a, a course cost you um you're looking around about six six and a half thousand pounds um for for the fi course now um that would normally be for the 30 hour actual course now remember you got the pre-entry test for the 30-hour course, yeah. and then the test with the examiner after the course, and of course the the fee then to the to the CAA. Mm -hmm. um, so you'd be looking sort of you know uh, with everything added on that little bit more than six and a half thousand. Okay. Are there any specific teaching methods that uh, you employ at Ravenair? Yes, there's. I mean, we we do use sort of modern teaching aids technology that are available to you, obviously we're in the world of laptops and projectors and you know, death by PowerPoint as people yeah. say, uh, and so uh, people use, use those a lot, but also what we make sure people leave the course um, with as well is you might not have that technology open to you uh, on, on a particular day. Some people refer it to the old talk and chalk where you've just got the, the whiteboard as it is now and mm -hmm. you've just got to be able to put a brief up on the board and get it across that way. Uh, so there's, there's elements of, of, of both. Um, so you've got the basics to be able to do it from any uh, sort of situation or environment, but also learning what other uh, more uh, modern technologies we've got to, to, to help us. Okay. When you get to the end of the course, you are then, what, a fully qualified flying instructor? You are a flight instructor, in brackets, restricted. Okay? Uh, that's what... Right. In days of old, that you used to have a assistant flying instructor and qualified flying instructor, but under JAR, uh, it, it, is, it is slightly different. Um, what you would normally be able to do uh, as a restricted FI is teach people for the PPL. Uh, and then you can now 
as I say, get out there, start learning how to do it, and you can start adding things to your FI ratings, mm -hmm. getting more experience. The things you can do are, first of all, to instruct your uh, instructor rating, you need to do at least 100 hours instructing and 25-hour solo supervisions. Now, the thing that you can't do as a restricted FI is send people on their very first solos or first solo navigations. Uh, you have to sort of pass them on to a, a supervising FI for mm -hmm. those. So any other solos, you need to get 25 of those ticked off. And then a recommendation from a supervising FI that, yeah, you know, they're, they're good enough now to have the restriction removed. You can have the night restriction taken off, so you can teach night qualifications. Uh, after a little bit of experience, you can have the uh, applied instrument restriction removed, so you can teach people applied instrument flying. Uh, once you've got some experience, you can go on to teach CPLs after certain uh, requirements are, are met, and you know, and just just progress depending on what you want to do mm -hmm. with your FI. You might want to stay at the local flying club, teaching PPLs. Absolutely great, you know, because you know the industry needs that. Like, that's the the bread and butter. That's where all the future pilots are coming from. Yep. But people might also want to just uh, take it further. Okay, something that's always occurred to me, but uh, are flying instructors overqualified for such a a low-paid job, having to have the CPL um, to get paid at least. We certainly don't get paid enough. Mm -hmm. You know, the the standard PPL um, instructor doesn't earn a lot. Doesn't earn a lot, especially the majority of the time it's pay as you fly. So if you have a week of bad weather where you're not flying, the instructor's not getting paid. A little bit different at Ravenair because uh, we're fortunate in a situation of being salaried or, or retained, um, but that's not that's not the norm. Um, you know, my previous existence at the flying schools is if I'm not flying, I'm not getting paid. And you talk to people outside the industry uh, of what you do. I'm a flying instructor. Oh, you're a flying instructor yeah, yeah, yeah. within the industry. <laughs> yeah. The the uh, the standard sort of reply. Oh, you got a proper job yet? Or you building hours? No, I'm not. <laughs> <laughs> I've got a proper job. Thank you yeah. very much. So a lot of it really is perception, mm -hmm. uh, and also the the way aviation works in this country because if instructors were to all get salaried and paid then the cost of flying goes up and less people are going to do it and it's a yeah. it's a vicious sort of circle so it's a it's a it's a, it's a difficult one mm -hmm. which is why we go back to what we we're talking about before having the enthusiasm for aviation because at first you're not going to get much but it, then it does open doors um, because you know I've decided to be a career instructor uh, and once you get on to more advanced training that's when you start earning, uh, you know, you know, better, yep. better, for better money, um, and being able to uh, to go and do other things with it as well. But it, yeah, it's at the qualifications you've got at the start. You certainly don't get paid. You know, don't expect big books at the at mm -hmm. the start. But of course, as a PPL, you could be doing it without getting paid at all. Yeah, sounds like a good job. <laughs> well, that's the thing. I get paid to do my hobby. That's how I look at it. Yeah. What sort of issues would you have to deal with? on a daily basis as a, as a flying instructor? Ooh, good question. Um, most of them are good issues, you know. Mm -hmm. um, a, lot of, a lot of people you are, are teaching to fly actually become good friends, and that's one of the great things about, mm -hmm. about this as a job. Um, you know, I've taught quite a lot of people to fly now, and I've made some really good, long-lasting friends out of it. Um, so normally people have got the right attitude, and if they've got any issues with their their training or worried about anything, you know, sitting down in the clubhouse with a cup of tea talking about it, you can yeah. usually usually sort out things. 
sometimes you might have to have to deal with is people who are particularly early on in the training or trial lessons because of course one of the main sort of when you first start off as an FI while you're building up your own students you, you know you get given the, the trial lessons yeah. uh, and it's the lack of understanding uh, because you want to take the people up for the first time when they can actually see something in nice weather so you try and explain to somebody that um, you know it, it's it's a nice hot day summer's day mm -hmm. but it's very hazy yeah. and it's like flying through milk and you try and explain to them look you you know you're best coming back another day yeah. has been occasions where people can get a little bit funny well it's, it's glorious i want to go flying well okay if you want to go flying it's legal to go flying all i'm trying to do is yeah. make it a nice experience for you um, so you do get sometimes funny people who don't have an understanding but they're a rarity the majority of people will see you as an instructor well no this guy knows what he's doing he's an instructor i'm going to listen to him mm -hmm. so uh, any sort of issues you normally normally get around yeah and you get any students doing some very strange things that uh you laugh about when you get home and you stop sweating. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. I've had I've had a stu I have had a, not to put people off. I have I've had one student put me into a spin um, <laughs> on a on a on a store recovery, uh, and he froze. You know, not a major problem, but he froze on the controls. Yeah. Uh, but we we got around that, and it was a discussion point in the debrief. But no, ge generally speaking, you know, there's um, there's you know. Yes, yeah, yeah, there's, there's moments where uh, you think, you know, yes, I'm, I'm going to learn about that. But there, you can say that in any any stage of flying. Mm -hmm. That's all about getting experience. You come down and you think, mm, yeah, I'll do that differently next time. Yeah. I, I often wonder, putting myself in a, a flying instructor's position, teaching someone like myself, you have to have a great deal of trust in someone that's not that good, you know, when they're in their last few feet mm -hmm. of, of landing, for example. And that's it, that's, that's what we, I have to try and get across to the guys because um, what students don't want is an instructor who's constantly hands over the yeah. controls yeah. because it's putting them off and also they're thinking, am I actually doing it? Yeah. Um, so what I tell the guys to do, once this guy, you know, the guy or the, or the girl that you're, you're flying with um, is getting there, what they need to see, and they probably don't realise you're doing it, but at some point you need to sit back arms folded, mm -hmm. okay, or hands down here, just in case you need to, yeah. to, to get the control gone. But they've got to realise they are in control and you are doing nothing because it's coming to a point where you're going to be getting out and they're going on their own. Mm -hmm. And they need to have that self-belief and self-confidence that for the last how many hours in the circuit, they have been doing it and it's not, it's not down to you. Yeah. Uh, your own flying career, Martin, how did you start off? <clears throat> I, was, I was fortunate enough to have a, a flying scholarship uh, when I was in, in the sixth form. So I initially learned to fly during my summer holidays, sixth form, up at uh, RAF Woodvale, nice. uh, which was excellent. You know, so we were put in a and b in Southport with some other lads and just flew every day for a month. Absolutely fantastic. Mm -hmm. I, uh, I then, after various uh, jobs to, to get money together to, to actually do flying as a career, Finally sort of finished work so I could concentrate on, on uh, flying training in 99. So I did my CPL, uh, my uh, commercial written exams and my instructor rating at 99 and started instructing at Manchester School of Flying at Manchester, uh, beginning of uh, 2000. That's when they just had the one runway? Yes. And yeah. on the other side? Well, I, I, yeah, no, they'd, had, they'd actually just moved from the south side right. onto the north side when I started there. Uh, so I worked there for some time. I uh, did a spell at Carnarvon. Did a few years there. 
uh, and then back to Manchester. And then about three years ago, got offered a job with, with Ravenair, which was a, a great move for me uh, because as a career instructor, um, I wanted to be able to start teaching more advanced training. Mm -hmm. And the one thing I really wanted to do was teach instructors. So that gave me the opportunity to, to do that. Uh, Why particularly teach instructors? Well, the thing is, with a lot of advanced training, from the instructor's point of view, you don't get to fly. As an examiner or advanced instructor, a lot of the time you're sat there just mm. sort of monitoring, pointing things out. Yeah, the, the great thing with being an FI instructor is I, I have to obviously demonstrate and show how something's taught, but then also I get to play the part of the students. So again, I'm getting to fly the aeroplane. Mm -hmm. uh, so as advanced training goes, you get to do a lot of flying. Uh, and that's what I've become a pilot for, to fly the aeroplane. Yeah. Um, uh, and it's a really good, really good giggle. And we have a, we have a great time, good fun, uh, and you get some, uh, get a good crowd on the, on the mm -hmm. FI course. So, uh, yeah, it's good. Good. Thoroughly enjoy it. You always wanted to be a flying instructor? Uh, yeah, well, originally, um, you know, you know, I wanted to be, you know, Air Force pilot and commercial pilot and things like that. But, you know, life changes, things mm -hmm. change, things happen. Uh, so the, what, there's, there's three reasons why I'm now wanting to be a career instructor. Uh, one, I want to fly the aeroplane, and uh, you know, those, a lot of the commercial aircraft now, let's face it, there's not a huge amount of hands-on on yep. flying. Uh, two, I love instructing, uh, you know, I really do enjoy it. I mean, the job satisfaction you get uh, and the day-to-day -day enjoyment is, you know, it's the best job going, it really is, thoroughly, thoroughly enjoy it. And the third one is um, lifestyle, because I've got a young family. Mm -hmm. uh, if I'm away with the airlines, you know, down route, stuck down route, you know, I'll be missing my important things with my little lad. Yep. But I know, um, yes, there could be some long days, and I get back late some days, but at least I'm getting, getting back to see, to yep. see Thomas. Regular so basis, uh, yeah. that, that means a lot to me. Well, thank you very much, Martin. That's uh, very succinct and to the point. Brilliant. You're welcome. Martin Hatton of uh, Ravenair. If you've ever thought about becoming a flight instructor, I'm sure Martin would be happy to offer some uh, advice, and it certainly sounds like a, a fun place to do your FI rating. Uh, the contact details are, of course, on the Flying Podcast website at www.flyingpodcast.co.uk. Don't forget, you can support the podcast in a small way by buying your aviation books and DVDs and, indeed, anything via the links to the Amazon website on the Flying Podcast website. Well, that's it for episode 31. If you have any comments, suggestions for future episodes, or if you'd like to take part, you can email me on steve at flyingpodcast.co.uk. Uh, you can follow me on Twitter or Facebook. Uh, those links are on the, uh, the Flying Podcast website. And thanks for listening. I'll speak to you again soon.